0: right so y'all go ahead and agree with me tonight let's believe god because this word needs to be preached unfortunately i don't think a lot of a lot of places you're going to hear this too many places but this is one of the most life-changing revelations god has ever given me and it's about the home it's about the glory being in your home so i'm gonna i'm gonna go through a lot of things this is a subject i'm really comfortable with but i think i'll cover a lot of things maybe you haven't thought about so lord we pray over the word tonight there's going to be people all over that through the internet will be able to hear this and lord I ask you to anoint me and speak through me everything lord that needs to come to mind and needs to be spoken and lord i pray that everyone that's hearing this all of us that your precious holy spirit would move upon us very powerfully and help us to get locked in and focused to be able to Um, have focused minds that are not distracted on all other things but really we're able to focus in on what God is saying to us and by your Holy Spirit Lord help us to be have good fertile soil of hearts and minds anointed eyes and ears of the Spirit to be able to see what we couldn't see before be able to hear what we couldn't hear before that it's like the Holy Spirit moves upon us and God gives us understanding out of his word and Lord, I pray that your living seed to truth will be sown out of my mouth into good soil, watered by the Holy Spirit. It will take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. And Lord, we ask you, let the winds of your precious Holy Spirit carry this seed out among the nations. It's going to go to every place that it's your will to go, and it will accomplish everything you want it to do. Let it be a sword that's going to penetrate. Let it be a hammer that's going to break down strongholds and shatter these pet doctrines and traditions of men and things that are not God, but people think they are. Lord, let it be a bright shining light of truth that dispels all the darkness and lies and deception of the enemy. Just like flipping on a light and all the roaches scatter. Lord, let your word come in, the light of truth come in and expose the enemy and cause them to flee. And Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. Let there be a washing of the water of the word. And we stand on the promise that it will not return void, but accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. So, Lord, let everything be accomplished in and through this time that your will to be done. And we take authority over the enemy. Jesus said the birds of the air try to steal the seed." So, Lord, in Jesus' name, we bind up anything of the devil's kingdom that would try to hinder this word in any possible way from getting where it's supposed to be and accomplishing everything it's supposed to do in the name of jesus we bind you right now as a church we agree together and we bind you you will back off right now get your hands off this word and go from those that are supposed to hear this in jesus name and lord we thank you for everything being accomplished that you will to be done we believe we receive it now in jesus name amen all right so as i go through this your home needs to be a place where god's glory dwells there's a lot of different areas I could go tonight. Um, in Isaiah chapter four, there's a passage that says, "The Lord will purge the bloodstains." Okay? Things that defiled, the Lord would purge the defilement. And then he said, after the purging, that the glory would form a defense. And that's like a canopy like a dome of protection. And so bring the lapel up just a little bit more. and so there's got to be first there's got to be a purging but on the other side of the cleansing that goes on god wants his glory to begin to form like a canopy a dome of protection around people around your home and your home needs to be a place where the glory of god dwells and the glory of god is forming like a hedge of protection a wall of fire around your property it needs to be a safe place and because of the glory and because of angelic activity your home needs to be sealed off where the enemy is not able to come in and mess with you it's a place you can go and you can sleep in peace and it's a place where it's easy to pray See, there's some places, whether it's people's individual homes or it could be ministries, like the various churches, (coughs) where when you go in there, it's very difficult to pray. You guys ever been in a place like that? It's difficult to pray. It's difficult to worship. It's like the heavens are brass. And the reason it's like that is because somebody needs to really pray and begin to cleanse that place and, and ask God to bring his glory but when the heavens are really open over a location and the glory of god dwells man it is so much easier to worship and pray and grow spiritually i remember that back in the 90s i was able to go to several meetings like rodney har brown meetings and the heavens were so open at brownsville but during the 90s i really wasn't able to go to toronto back then i wanted to But because it was international and I was quite young and just having the finances to do international travel, when I would save up enough money, it was a lot easier just to go from Texas down to Pensacola, and God was moving so strong in such an awesome way at Brownsville. Well, I was able to go to Toronto in 2014 for the first time my wife and I went, and they had their 20-year anniversary. And I remember that the impression I got when I walked into that sanctuary was that I remember just walking in and feeling that the heavens were so open that it felt like the Lord was literally right there. And it was just an awesome time. And I even remember in that atmosphere, as we began to worship, there was several, you know, there's probably around three thousand people were there, so it's quite crowded. Because of the anniversary, a lot of people came. And I remember that. You know I wanted to go down and get prayer in which I did but I also felt the Lord speak to me when we were worshiping he wanted me to go up into an area upstairs and in that place (coughs) he wanted me to begin to just soak just lay back and soak in his presence and I remember as I went up there and I just soaked in the glory that the glory of God got so thick on me it was hard to move but that's what happens under an open heaven the glory of God is there and that's a place where people can encounter God and it's an awesome thing but it's not everywhere and so what I'm gonna deal with tonight is I'm gonna deal with this how do you get the glory in your home because the glory of God needs to be in homes and it's not only a protection but it also has to do with your spiritual growth because some places can be so sterile spiritually, that just trying to read the Bible and get something out of it is difficult. I remember Derek Prince went to Brownsville during the nineties and he said that he was at his hotel room and he said he opened his Bible and began to pray and he said, Man, he said it was like he could just get revelation so easy, even in his hotel room. And he said that God showed him the importance of having an open heaven that there was such a move of God at Brownsville during the 90s that the heavens were literally open over the city. And him just being in his hotel room, he was able to get revelation from the Lord so easily. He said it was easy to pray, and it was easy to get revelation from the Lord. That's what happens under an open heaven. So I'm going to read a passage of Scripture out of Leviticus. I'm going to talk to you about a few things tonight. Let me start with leviticus chapter 14 starting with verse 34 it says when you enter the land of canaan which i give you as a possession and i'll put a mark of leprosy on a house in the land of your possession then the one who owns the house shall come and tell the priest now here's what was going on in some jewish writings it was trying to explain this and this is what they were saying so the lord told the israelites he said i'm going to take you into canaan And you're going to possess houses you didn't build you're going to possess wells you didn't dig vineyards you didn't have to plant houses you did not build so who built these houses the heathen and what um the the jewish writings was saying was this that the people there were superstitious and they were connected to their demon god worship and so what they would do many times when they built a house was maybe they would take some of their money And they would melt it down and beat it into like a a demon god idol. And maybe plant it underneath their house before they built it. Or they would embed it because they were afraid of what was coming. They heard about what happened in Egypt. And they heard the Israelites were coming. And they were scared. So they would do the same thing. Melt down their money and beat it into little demon god idols and embed it in the walls. So that if they were attacked, they could go back and retrieve their wealth and not lose it. And so when, they, when Israel came in and they began to possess houses they did not build, some of these houses had these demon gods in them that were embedded in walls and maybe under the ground and the, the owners didn't know. And God did not want Israel living like that because those idols are a legal ground for demonic spirits to traffic through that home. And God didn't want Israel to have demons trafficking through their home so what he would do is he would place this leprosy on the walls now anybody that studies this knows that this is a supernatural occurrence okay we know there's such things as maybe some kind of mildew or something but this was something God said he placed on the wall so anyway verse 35 then the one who owns the house shall tell the priest saying something like a mark of leprosy has come visible to me in this house so that everything in the house need not become unclean. And afterward, the priest, I'm sorry, verse 36, the priest shall then command that he empty the house before the priest goes in to look at the mark so that everything in the house need not become unclean. So that mark could defile everything. And afterward, the priest shall go in and look at the house. He'll look at at the mark, and if the mark in the wall of the house has a greenish or reddish depressions, So it's not just surface, it's like embedded in the wall. It's impressed into the wall, deeper than the surface. Then the priest shall come out of the house to the doorway and quarantine the house for seven days. The priest shall return on the seventh day and order them to tear down the stones with the mark in them and throw them away at an unclean place outside the city. So after seven days, the priest would come in and he would have people with him and they would find the, the impression where it was embedded into the wall, greenish and red streaks. It was coming down the wall. <clears throat> he would have these men come in with chisels and hammers and they would begin to break open these stones and they would, they would pull it out and create a big hole there. Okay, They would pull out these stones and they would carry them off to an unclean place. And then he shall have the house scraped all around the inside and they shall dump the plaster that was scraped off in an unclean place so then he would have to go through the house and scrape the walls down all around this is a thorough purging isn't it then they shall take the other stones these are now clean stones and they will replace those that were in the wall so now they brought other stones with them they're going to put them there and plaster things And then they would replaster the house. Verse 35, if however, the mark breaks out again in the house after he has torn out those stones, because see, here's what would happen. If there was a demon god idol that was embedded in that wall there, that would be the place where the green and red streaks would come down the wall. And when the priest came in and he chiseled this out, it is possible that he would have found that demon idol right there and he would have took it out of the house see so after they replaced the stones and and cleansed it, and they replastered it everything would be fine but the Lord says look if however the mark breaks out again in this house after he tore out the stones and scraped the whole house and after it was replastered then the priest shall come in and make an inspection if he sees that the mark has indeed spread in the house It is a malignant mark in the house it is unclean he shall therefore tear down the house its stones its timbers and all the plaster of the house and he shall take them outside the city to an unclean place moreover whoever goes into the house during that time that he has quarantined it becomes unclean till evening likewise whoever lies down in that house shall wash his clothes and whoever eats in that house shall wash his clothes Now, I want you to pay attention to some of these things because the Lord is saying here that the people that are in that place can be defiled by it. The Lord didn't say that they sinned and that they would need to go take an offering and confess sin because they've sinned. He didn't say that. He just simply said they would be defiled by it. There's a difference. Verse 48 If, on the other hand the priest comes in and makes an inspection and the mark has not spread so they tore out the stones found whatever demon idol was there scraped it they replaced the stones they replastered he comes back everything's fine now he sees that after the inspection the mark has indeed not spread any longer the priest shall pronounce the house clean because the mark has not reappeared. And to cleanse the house, now I want you to notice that not it wasn't just good enough to cleanse it naturally. They need to cleanse it spiritually. So the Lord said to cleanse this house, take two birds, cedar wood and scarlet string and hyssop. This was the same process of cleansing lepers, by the way. Then then he shall take the cedar wood, which speaks of the cross. Y'all follow me. The hyssop, which speaks of faith. Because you have to apply the cross, the blood by faith. And scarlet string, which speaks of the blood of Jesus, the blood covenant. Remember how Joshua and them told that lady Rahab to to put that scarlet um, scarf or whatever out her window? It spoke of the blood. So here's what they had to do. They had to take the live bird. Let's take, go back for a moment. It says to verse 49 to cleanse the house, he'll take two birds, cedar wood, scarlet string, and hyssop. He will slaughter one of the birds in earthenware vessel over running water. Notice that they always had to use running water, living streams, those type of things, because it speaks of the Holy Spirit. Then he shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet string with the live bird and dip them in the blood of the slain bird as well as the running water and sprinkle the house seven times he shall thus cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the running water along with the live bird and the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet string however he will let the live bird go free outside the city into an open field because it was, it's, sim, it's symbolic of the Lord removing the sin out and it flying away. It's being purged out. That's what that's symbolic of. It's the same thing on the Day of Atonement. Remember, they had a goat they killed, but the other goat, the Azazel, they would let that go, take it out in the wilderness. Um, however, he'll let the live bird go, and by doing all this, he shall make atonement for the house, and it will be clean. This is the law for the mark of leprosy. Even for a scale and for a leprous garment or house so see I don't want to get into this too much but even clothing even garments could be defiled and had to be cleansed and if you read all of this it gives the same process for these things and he talked about a person having this this leprosy but in this particular case many theologians believe that this was not actual leprosy that we know as physical leprosy but it was a spiritual disease that would affect people but that's another teaching for another time Um, anyway this was a spiritual problem everybody understand what I'm saying There, there was demon god idols that were in these homes and God would say okay this is a problem and he would place green and red streaks of leprosy there to expose to the people, look, there's something in this house that is evil and it is unclean before me and it's going to allow an evil presence in this house and I want you to dig it out. You're going to have to put some effort to begin to have the priest come in and you're going to have to dig and find this and get this out of your house. Probably, if there were houses that could not be cleansed, the, the reason for that, in my opinion, was probably because they were built for the purpose of worshiping those demon gods. For example, maybe one of the, the priests of that demon god had that house built, and he was using that for some kind of worship and ritualistic stuff. And those type of houses, God said, we're just going to tear them completely down, destroy them, and you're just going to start all over and build a different house. So that's probably what was going on. Um, But anyway, houses can be defiled. And let me tell you some things tonight as a pastor. um, We're dealing with warfare against the glory. And Satan hates the glory of God. He hates the presence of God. Satan does not want your house to be a place where God's glory dwells where you can sleep at night in peace, in the glory, and arise and have a rich, powerful prayer life and get divine revelation out of the word, a place where it's easy to pray, a place where it's easy to get along with others. There's some places that are full. It's like the atmosphere is full of strife. And Satan wants a home to not be cleansed. He wants to be able to traffic in and out of there and cause all kinds of problems but let me tell you that there's sin but then there's also defilement they are two different things And let me try to explain this in the natural years ago back when medical science was very very young doctors would have to deliver babies and all this and they back then they didn't know that washing hands was important so they would just go from one patient to the next and somebody that was just an innocent victim over here of this yo know, he would go from one situation to the next without washing his hands and they realized there would be a transference of a disease so that's how defilement works the person over there didn't do anything wrong you see what I'm saying but something transferred to them and it affected them so if you were to take let me try to explain this a couple different ways because sometimes this can affect things you would never think in a million years. But let, let me show you an example. Let's say that we took like a wool sweater. And we took that to somewhere downtown Dallas that was a bar that's open all night. And everybody there smokes, everybody there you know drinks and, and parties and all that. And you would have put that sweater and hang it up in that atmosphere for a week. And then you were to go get that sweater and bring it back to your house and put it in the closet. What's gonna happen? Your whole closet's gonna stink. Now that sweater, there's nothing wrong with the sweater, but it has absorbed the atmosphere that it's in. I don't, all I know is, is that there's atmospheres and, and even, even believe it or not, inanimate objects can kind of absorb spiritual atmospheres. I've had things that I would have never thought in a million years, but it just seemed like there was something off about it, and we prayed over it. It was interesting that the Bible says that all food is consecrated by the Word of God in prayer, but here's the thing. A lot of people that are Christians will just say, it's like they read that, but they don't think to themselves, I have to pray over it for it to be consecrated. Do you see what I'm saying? They just think that, oh, well, all food's consecrated by the Word of God in prayer as though once they get it, it's just automatically consecrated. Wrong. It's consecrated by the Word of God in prayer, meaning once you pray over it, it's consecrated. See what I mean? And so in the same way, a lot of people think that just because you purchase something and you bring it into your home, it's just automatically consecrated. There's things out there that are sitting in atmospheres. It's not that the, it, the inanimate object in and of itself is evil because it may not be at all. But it's been around atmospheres. But once it comes into your home and you pray over it, it's going to come into a different atmosphere. Amen? Isn't it interesting that the Apostle Paul, during a time of great revival, that even handkerchiefs and aprons and garments, that he prayed over and sent out, that the anointing of the Lord, The anointing is God's power the anointing and the glory would get into these garments people would take them miles away and the reason why they probably had to do this was because especially back then it would have been extremely difficult for somebody that was sick to travel long distances I mean you had to do it by something like riding on a donkey or something and so they would go to Paul on behalf of others in this great revival and he would be praying over these handkerchiefs and aprons and send them back and reports were coming back to Ephesus saying hey we took this and we threw this on a demon-possessed person they hit the ground convulsed like crazy and demons left them we went over to this sick person that's been crippled for years and diseased and we put it on them and they were totally healed do you see what I'm saying how an inanimate object absorbed some kind of an atmosphere but in this case from God so also things can be defiled it's not that it's necessarily sinful in and of itself a good case in point would be this when my wife was growing up her family there was a lady that died and they had an estate sale and this lady had been involved apparently in some occult activity but anyway there was this particular hutch it's just it's an inanimate object it's just a hutch right but it, it had been defiled somehow. Anyway, when they brought this thing into their home, it had a spirit about it. And of course, they started using it because their family was involved in the occult. They started using it as a divination device, and it worked. So things can be defiled. I mean, something that is just an inanimate object, it is, there's nothing wrong with it in and of itself, but somebody maybe that used it um in some kind of occult rituals or something sexually unclean or whatever it can be defiled and when it gets to you there's something defiled about it but it can be prayed over now here's the interesting thing i remember reading in um i, I can't remember if it's numbers or deuteronomy but anyway there was this particular passage where the lord told israel this he said when you go to war you're going to conquer the enemy and you're going to start plundering all their goods and he told him this he said you make sure that everything that can pass through the fire that you put it through the fire and everything that cannot go through the fire that you wash it with water why was God saying this because Israel was going and they were fighting people That worshiped other gods and lived very sinful lives and here they were coming in in possession of all their belongings and there was something about their belongings that were defiled and God was telling them you make sure that you cleanse them before you take them into your home it could be cleansed now we're not talking about that they plundered and they had maybe you know idols of demon gods or something like that and they were going to cleanse that that doesn't work that's not what we're talking about we're going to get there in a moment those things had to be thrown out but i'm talking about just regular garments and regular possessions that people had the lord said you can have them you're going to take the enemy's goods you're going to plunder those goods they're yours but you make sure and pass them through a cleansing before they get into your house There's a reason why these things are there in the word of god is this making sense tonight now let's go from that to something else which and i'll get to um let me go ahead and do this so look on page two of your notes you remember i've talked a lot about this where roman catholicism was birthed constantine came to power he made christianity now legal so from nero to diocletian there were 10 emperors that violently persecuted the church constantine saw something and he made christianity legal but here's the thing he deliberately i don't have time to really go deep into this if you've been following the bible studies you already know okay but he's he deliberately made it a point That anything that had to do with the Hebrew roots were going to be severed and he made it a point that he was going to force people that were that were Christians that they were gonna have to start coming to a building he was trying to force it out of their home see the early church for 300 years you got to understand this think about how long 300 years is that's longer than America has been officially a nation Okay, 300 years. All right for 300 years the church met in homes The power of God the glory of God was in these homes God knew um, the Hebrew culture that Christianity was birthed out of people understood what i'm teaching on today they understood they would use a mezuzah which is the word of god they would put on a doorpost they understood dedicating a home to god they understood about god's you know presence being in a home and they understood the power of of the father of the home teaching the family etc anyway it was out of this environment that these great revivals and great moves of god were happening But when Constantine came to power, he wanted to change everything. So he had always been, as a Roman emperor, the leader of going to these pagan temples. I want you to please, uh, with me, use your imagination in this to really uh, see what I'm showing you. This this blows me away. I don't believe he ever really truly was born again. I, I strongly question that. And he never submitted himself to church leadership. He put himself as the leader but here's what he's doing I want you to imagine this with me he's going I'm talking about while he's putting himself over Christianity forcefully he's going to pagan temples various ones not one or two going to temples they have their priesthood there and they worship Roman gods and he's going and participating in that and officiating things then he's going back over here and now He's trying to make Christianity look like what he's always known so to do that he's got to take and sever any trace of the Hebrew roots out he's got to create like a building a cathedral type building that people leave their homes and come here he's gonna have to put in his cronies to be um, overseeing and officiating everything just like the pagan priesthood that now eventually it was so bad down through history that it became totally illegal in your home to even read the Bible. Anything you did spiritually, Roman Catholicism forced it out of the home into the building with this professional clergy that would give you communion, would administer some kind of baptism or whatever was going on. Or oh, you see what I'm saying? Okay, that was never God ever God wants to revive on your home he wants the glory in your home he wants to meet with you in your home he wants your family to be a place where you have worship and the things of God are taking place in your home so the early church the homes were a place of worship and prayer and learning the Bible they had a mezuzah on that mark the homes that they were placed holy unto God. Communion would have been common in the home. If you want the glory of God in your home, bring the communion table into your home. Because as you reverence the body and blood of the Lord in your home, it's gonna bring his glory because the Bible calls the table a showbread. In Hebrew it was lechem for bread, but panim for which means like faces like face to face. And the way that they end up translating it that was the bread of presence, the bread of God's presence. And we know from all the teaching I've done in the past that the blood is what brings the glory of God. And so as you take the bread of presence and and what represents the blood and you're worshiping and you're reverencing the body and blood of the Lord, that's a priestly thing and that will attract the glory of god in an awesome way trust me and also the holy spirit to move in your home so let me get into a little bit a few other things and then we'll kind of close this out but i encourage you to begin to go through your home and Think about this. I believe every year. I try to talk about this before we get into Passover and then before the fall feast because I Want people to reexamine these things It's interesting that the the feast of Passover There's there's this ritual to this day called Badeeket Chametz, which just means you purge the yeast out and The yeast is supposed to be purged out. So in other words yeast in the Bible speaks of sin that there's a purging out before Passover. So now that we're on the other side of the cross, I believe God would have us every year, at least once a year, to examine our homes again and make sure that nothing has crept in that's going to cause any spiritual problems. But here's some things. I encourage you to go through your home and make sure that you don't have anything that has to do with the occult. That has come into your home and uh, this can be sneaky you know if you go to other countries be careful what you buy and what you bring back into your home because there's a lot of things that are connected to the demon gods that they worship a lot of things be careful with things that are Native American you know some of the jewelry especially that blue color, a lot of the jewelry the dream catchers paraphernalia that they have just be careful things can be brought into your home that there's more to it than just an inanimate object now now i talked about other things that you can just pray over the things i'm talking about here with the occult is not stuff you can just pray over this is stuff you need to get rid of off your property don't just throw it in the trash you need to destroy it and then you need to take it completely off your property Things that have to do with pentagrams, goat's heads, witchcraft of any kind, divination, anything to do with tarot cards, crystal balls, anything that would have to do with the occult, seances, different things that are supposed to bring you protection or luck or prosperity, and it's, it's from occult source, all of that, you need to get it off your property. If you have little Buddhas, if you have little temples Aztec temples or something from maybe you went to South America on some trip and anything that is connected to the worship of other gods Islam Hinduism Buddhism any of that you need to destroy it what I mean by that is is get a hammer and beat the mess out of it and if you if you can burn it destroy it but make sure that when you do you get all of it swept up and then don't leave it on your property like that take it to somewhere off your property and dispose of it but you want to destroy it so that some other person doesn't end up with it okay these things can act like lightning rods into your home if somebody has for example a book like the satanic bible that maybe somebody gave it to them, they never thought much about it, they just put it in their shelf. Or maybe they have some tarot cards they picked up somewhere. They were going through the mall and there was this store over here that was kind of weird and they walked by and said, oh, these are kind of cool and they bought them, never thought anything about it. Well, listen, that stuff can bring demons. What it does is it's a legal ground for the enemy to be able to come into your home demonic spirits occult spirits can come into your home and begin to walk around their feet hit the carpet and they come in and they're there to stay until you drive them out so get anything off your property that has anything to do with other gods or the occult okay number one number two anything sexually unclean obviously pornography but anything that would be a stumbling block to you that would cause lust at all and it seems to me like that satan has been targeting children with the occult and sexual perversions also anything that would cause fear or extreme things that are extreme violence like slasher movies you know people will have friday the 13th or some <laughs> freddy krueger whatever is new I, I don't keep up with that stuff i haven't kept up with it for years because it's garbage but those type of movies that promote fear and extreme violence and gore and bloodshed and all of that type of stuff you don't want that stuff in your home and you certainly don't want to be watching it as a Christian amen that's just not something that you want it can it can bring in those type of things into your home Remember, I talk about atmospheres watching that type of stuff releases an atmosphere and be careful with it because atmospheres can come not just from that alone but um uh, let me go ahead and say this. So, for example, be careful even with the company you keep and the conversations you have. okay? because i've gone I've been in places where you go into um, a workplace and into an area where people sit around and talk, and I've walked in there and felt such an ungodly evil presence. you know what? It's cuz a bunch of people sit around gossiping and slandering everybody else. And it creates an evil atmosphere. It's horrible. God hates that. You you can allow that type of stuff if you're not careful in your home. People are sitting around talking, you know, they're slandering churches and pastors and youth pastors and leaders and other Christians and that'll create an evil atmosphere in your home. Also things that have to do with bondage drugs alcohol tobacco gambling anything that would be a bondage you need to get that out of your home and out of your life there's there are spirits about these things like with drugs whether and be careful even with legal drugs just because they're legal doesn't mean that they're spiritually safe think about the opioid crisis we're having okay those are legal there's a spirit about drugs in the Bible called pharmakeia and it has to do, it's translated into the word sorcery so drugs have a witchcraft aspect to them and you have to be really careful with this, okay because there's been people that I, I've seen deliver from drugs and they were some powerful spirits but anything that would cause bondage in your life get it out and keep it out okay anything that has ungodly ties to relationships of the past maybe you've moved on from something you don't need to necessarily hang on to stuff that was connected to somebody else that you don't need to be connected to any longer maybe you need to go ahead and get rid of that And if I were you, I would really pray over things that come into your home, even things that you wouldn't think. Just pray over. it. All food is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. Pray over that. But that same principle applies, I believe, to other things. Whatever you bring into your home, you know, I would just simply pray over it that God just cleanse it and it'll be holy unto him. And once you do that, you'll find that the home will be more purged and there'll be more of an open heaven, more of a glory in your home. But it's interesting because now with the invasion into America of things like Islam that even foods now, grocery stores are catering to this stuff, but there'll be foods that have a mark on it that they, it's called halal, and what it is is the animals were ritualistically killed supposedly in a way to honor Allah. And I believe the way they do this is they face the animal toward the east and then they kill it and it's in foods you would not think it's in grocery stores and this goes back to the old food sacrifice the idols debate of the early church you know but Paul said all food can be consecrated by the word of God in prayer so I'm just trying to make a point here that you don't know where stuff has been before it got to you and I think it would just simply be wisdom to pray over things that it'll be spiritually clean. also consecrating and blessing your home i mentioned communion i've taught on this for so many years i've heard so many testimonies but i've been still surprised sometimes that people that'll move into a place and take so long to pray over it usually here's what happens this has happened multiple times pastor pray for me i'm having a hard time sleeping i'm having a hard time praying Since I moved in this new place, something, something just doesn't seem, and I'm like, have you prayed over it? <laughs> well, no, I forgot about that. And then they'll go home and pray over it. <laughs> and it all goes away. But I remember um, one individual came to me that I pastored for years, and they, and they moved into a new place. And man, he said, man, it was oppressive. I mean, he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm having a hard time sleeping and praying to someone, right? And I was like, have you prayed over it? I mean, I teach on this all the time. You know, I haven't. And I said, well, you need to do that. And in, in um, I have a sheet that my wife and I compiled down through the years. it's called Cleansing Homes and Land. And in that, we recommend that land. How many of you guys know that, that the devil and God are interested in land? Okay. And that your land that you live on needs to be dedicated to God and consecrated to him. And you don't know what's happened on this land before you. And I I recommend that somebody you can take whatever and you can open up the land and you can take communion with your wife And you can put what represents the body and then pour that juice out and say lord We apply the body and blood of the lord to this land And kind of bury that into the land bury that into the soil And so this individual that moved he was telling me that him and his wife that they had read that on there and that they had done that and he said as soon they were praying together they went through the whole house and done everything on the sheet he said as soon as we poured out the juice on the land and we said Lord we apply the blood he said man he said it felt like a spiritual bomb went off around our feet he said it felt like something just exploded the power of God and he said something shifted over that property and the presence of God started coming in it was totally different so the power of applying the body and blood of the lord to the land i highly recommend this um especially if you've never done it make sure you at least do it once but you can take something just open up the soil take communion apply the body apply the blood bury that into your property and lord we claim this as this land is under the blood of the lamb of god it's holy ground satan cannot traffic here another thing is um anointing entryways get some anointing oil pray over it you can bring it here we'll pray over it but get some anointing oil and go through and anoint every room you can anoint everything you want to anoint your bed but anoint every room of the house and pray over them that they're they're holy ground and anything of the devil has to leave in Jesus name and go through and cleanse it. the first thing you have to do is go through and remove anything off the property that needs to go obviously the next thing you do is now you start applying the blood so here's the difference the blood is a no trespassing sign it basically says the blood of yeshua the messiah the blood of our passover lamb is over this property this home and everything in it Satan's kingdom, you are no longer allowed to traffic here. If you try to show up here, you're trespassing. This property belongs to God now. That's what the blood is. And that's connected to putting a mezuzah. Many people do that, and I think it's awesome. If you want to put a mezuzah on a door, but that basically is there and it has the word of God in Deuteronomy written in it, and it's basically there saying, Devil, this belongs to God, the God of Abraham. The the you know, this belongs to Jesus this is holy ground and you're not coming here all right that's the blood the oil is setting something apart to be used of God to be empowered for service so when you anoint your home you're saying Lord I want this to be a place that's going to be used for your kingdom glory a place where you give dreams a place where you um you know show us things out of the word Uh, where the presence of God is and we're going to see powerful prayer times here so I also encourage you to to really pray over entryways this obviously has to do with garages and doors and things like that but here's entryways that 100 years ago they didn't have entryways of the wi-fi you need to find the the point of entry into your home where your wi-fi is and you need to take communion you need to take the blood of jesus and apply it to that and i don't think there's anything off about taking a cup that you've used for communion and taking some of the juice and putting it on that wi-fi and saying i apply the blood and nothing is going to come through this wi-fi into this home this portal is shut right now by the blood of jesus you can anoint it as well But you seal off that Wi-Fi because if you don't, there's things that want to try to come in. Uh, Trust me, the internet has the good, bad, and the ugly and everything else, right? So then also the DVR. This is another point of entry through the television, through the DVR that's coming in, whether it's fiber optic, whatever you have that's a point of entry into your home, you need to apply the blood and seal that off. Is this making sense tonight? Any points of entry... I could tell you so many different stories. My wife and I have been through so many different things. She has a crazy testimony. And we've seen some crazy stuff. I have learned down through the years. To take this very seriously. Trust me. And because I take it very seriously. The enemy has not been able to do a lot of things he wants to do. But um, let me tell you. It can be a battleground in your home. Because the enemy is going to try to attack if he can. So the blood and the oil. Um, I remember there was a pastor I love and and deeply respect and back years ago this probably would have been something like 92 93 something like that he was telling me that he really felt the Lord put on his heart to to have a, a conference and in this conference they were dealing with Satanism in the region and some satanic worship and different things that was going on in their city and how many knows anytime hear me tonight because a lot of people shy back from this anytime you expose the devil he hates it there's a reason he hates it we're supposed to be exposing him anyway he he felt led to do this conference and it was very powerful he had some speakers come in and it was so influential and so powerful that even in the city local police were coming to it because they were coming they were going into areas that things were happening and they wanted to be knowledgeable and it was really impacting well he said that when he did this this is what he's telling me he said he said all hell broke loose brother he said let me tell you he said it was insane I started getting crazy phone calls I started having paranormal stuff happen all kinds of crazy stuff started happening at the church people started trying to come on church property and curse our church and um, he said it was just ridiculous he said it stirred up the devil well he was praying about it and the Lord told him what to do and the Lord said I want you to, to mark this property I want you to apply the blood so this is what God told him to do and this we added this into our cleansing land the Lord told him to go buy some steaks wooden stakes okay or metal stakes whatever he used and he was going to walk the entire property of the church and as he walked it he was applying the blood of jesus over that church and all around it and every on the four corners he drove those stakes in the ground and he said from now on this is holy ground it's under the blood of jesus it is marked it is set apart and satan you are going to stop it right now you're not going to do it. And you know what he said it stopped all that crazy stuff that was going on stopped because the enemy couldn't get on there anymore. So our properties need to be sealed off. It is so important. See, you you apply the blood, and then a year later, you kind of forget about it. You know what I'm saying? But I'll tell you what, the demonic, they, they start going through an area, and they look down, and they see the blood applied. You kind of forgot about it because you did it a year ago. It's still there. They, they walk down the street and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to attack this house. And then they go here and they're like, wait a second. This house is under the blood of the lamb. I can't go there and do anything. I wish I could, but I can. The blood's there. See, it marks in the spirit realm property. And so let me close out with this, the glory in your home. And I wanted to do this because I wanted people to remember this. I want this to really stick in your mind. So I'm trying to tell some stories. And I wanted my wife just real quick to come up. You're trying to... My daughter over here is trying to tell a story, I think. <laughs> come on up. Now, yeah, make sure you speak this real good into the recordings for me, okay? But anyway, she she had this the other night. Well, talk about whatever happened. I don't remember you telling me.
1: <laughs> okay, well, it was pretty early in the morning. Well, I was... Uh uh, sleeping and I woke up about three o'clock in the morning and I felt really heavy um, in my heart and started praying for and started praying for various family members and different situations that were going on and and uh, so I tried to go back to sleep of course because it was three in the morning and I had to go to work and of course that didn't last long I got up and I and uh, I was kind of disoriented a little bit and I'm thinking, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, okay, Lord? What in the world? Yeah, so I went downstairs, and um, as I went downstairs, now, realize in our house, my husband, every night before bed, he sets the atmosphere. He goes through the house, upstairs, he goes downstairs, he plays different kinds of um, worship music and um, various...
0: which I'll get to here in a moment.
1: Worship songs and stuff, you know, in various parts of the house. And so as I was kind of walking down the stairs, and like I said, I was incoherent. And, and um, as I got to the bottom of the stairs and walked into the kitchen, it was like I walked into a glory bubble. And I started hearing the the Israeli songs that were playing, that he had playing in the kitchen.
0: Just some Messianic worship. And
1: Messianic worship. Yeah. And, um, and I started... Just worshiping the Lord and He it was like Pastor was describing earlier, it's like God was like right there. And um it didn't take me any time at all to start um being in line with what he was wanting me to pray for specifically. And I started going through the house, I went through the dining room and the living room and the, the kitchen and even the bathrooms and back upstairs just praising the Lord and praying and and worshiping the Lord and the glory was just so heavy that it was amazing. It was like I was in a bubble. And and no matter where I went in the house, it was coming with me. And it was just it was it was an awesome feeling. And I don't know why I was so sensitive to it, maybe because it was three o'clock in the morning, right? And so as I was doing this and I and I went back and looked at the clock, it was six thirty. And so i had been doing it for like three and a half hours and it was it was like time just flew by and when you're
0: in the glory time it was it
1: was amazing and so i mean i i testify that the glory in your home and and it's not just your home you can have the glory in your workplace you can have your glory you know anywhere you go you can set that atmosphere it's it it doesn't happen just within the church you know, it's what you create.
0: In the car ride to work.
1: Yeah, and the car ride, because I drive two hours uh, a day, you know, just one way to work. And that glory is just, it, it, it can travel with you, can be in your workplace, it can be anywhere you, you decide to set that atmosphere. And so I encourage all of you, I mean, what you feel in this church, you can have in your home, and you Amen. can have it, can travel with you. Amen.
0: Thank you. I wanted her to share that because I really wanted some stories to, to help out with um, what we're talking about because the glory can be in your home. And the glory of God will protect you. The glory will make it easy to pray, easy to worship, easy to get along. And some atmospheres are oppressed. It's It's difficult. So here's some things you can do to shift the atmosphere in your home. Once you clear out things that need to go, and then once you apply the blood and anoint and things like that you spiritually cleanse see here's what you're doing it's the same pattern if there's something in your home that you need to get out of your home it's like the green and red streaks in the wall you're pulling out the stones and you're taking it and getting it off your property you see and then what it talked about about the birds and and all that about applying the blood that's what you're doing now now you're going and you're spiritually cleansing the home once you spiritually cleanse it, now the glory of God can come in into your home and you have a powerful prayer life. So I recommend playing anointed revival services in your home, which is what she was basically referring to. But you know, we keep our worship services and things online. You, could play, you can play the worship sets here into your home and ask that the same atmosphere that's in church would come into your home, and it will. I remember years ago, a pastor friend of mine, he gave me a a bunch of old Brownsville VHS tapes, right? And I had the means to be able to convert them to DVDs, and so I was helping him out, and I was helping myself to him as well, right? So it was a mutual agreement here that I would get to keep some too, right? So I was converting them for him, and I remember, though, I couldn't sit there all day and watch these things, so I was pushing play, and I was going and doing all the stuff I got to do. And I remember there were times that the glory of God was so strong in my home that I was like, man, what service is that? You know. And I'd go up there and look. And, and one in particular was their ninth anniversary. You can watch this online. It was the nine-month anniversary at Brownsville. You got to look this up on YouTube. The ninth-month anniversary, the Holy Spirit fell when they were going to take communion. Isn't that interesting? And the glory was so strong that uh, Kilpatrick and Steve Hill were up there on the platform and he said it felt like the floor was just engulfed in the fire of God. And um, they prayed for healing that night and and it was really powerful. And that was one of the ones that was playing. I was like, man, what in the world? I went up there and they they were sitting there worshiping God and that the fire of God was on the platform. Well, it came into my house too. But at the Sousa Street Revival, they they said that god spoke to them now remember azusa do you remember reading the stories i've talked to you guys about this where that cloud of the shekinah would just kind of be in there and they would start worshiping and it would rise up off the floor and fill the place and that sometimes fire department showed up because there was literally like a fire on the roof but it was spiritual there was a glory in there well what god spoke to them at azusa when revival broke out the Lord told them make much about the blood and because they made a lot about the blood of Jesus and they reverenced the blood the glory came I don't think it was any accident that the glory was so strong at that Brownsville service when they were taking communion a lot of people have never realized that revivals have been connected to the communion table more than what they think Cainridge was a communion service and john wesley and them said that that they had some meeting where um they took communion and he said it was like the heavens unzipped and god came in that place so anyway speak blessings in your home this is huge you can do this every day lift your hand and walk through your home speak a blessing over your home i bless this place to be a place where the anointing and the glory dwells a place where it's easy to pray a place where of healing and health and financial prosperity A place where people get along I bless you house speak a blessing over your spouse your your spouse speak a blessing over you as you speak blessings it will increase the presence of God in your home of course anoint your home we've already been through it but pray specifically for the glory of God to come in your home but make your home a place of worship and prayer basically and of course the concept I've taught many many times here about the morning and evening sacrifice every morning the priest would go in they would have to clear out the ashes and get everything ready for that day but he would have to kill the lamb and he would offer up grain and wine libation he would pour it out put the grain on the altar it was a picture and type of the blood of the lamb being applied in the communion table the grain and the wine he would do that every morning before he went in to burn the incense and he would do it again every evening before he went in and burned the incense. He did that before the incense. The incense speaks of praise and worship, prayer, and intercession. He would apply the blood. It was a picture on top of the communion table now. Before he went in to praise and worship and pray. Is this making sense? And so I remember this revelation. And then, and then we'll close out and pray for those that want prayer but god showed me as i was studying this i believe in the patterns i believe that what we have in the first half of your bible is a pattern that has been fulfilled in christ and now we have the reality of it now in christ so i do not believe in throwing the old testament away like a piece of garbage and that we have something altogether different i don't believe that at all i believe we have the fulfillment so um, with that said It was interesting that on the day of atonement the one time a year the priest could go into the Holy of Holies now how many of you guys knows that that he was scared half to death you know he was you know that man's knees were knocking he was scared he wanted to make sure everything was right as if he went in there wrong he was a dead man so he was really purifying himself but here's what the two things that got him in there he would have to take a bowl of the blood of the lamb from outside the bowl of the blood and he would have to take that blood and he would have to sprinkle it on the mercy seat. It would sprinkle on the mercy seat in front, on the ground, I'm sure, but that blood was applied and that was what got him in. He had been outside and if I remember right, he had to sacrifice a bull for himself, but a goat for the nation. So anyway, I mean, he had to be right. I mean, you guys knows when God's telling you to sacrifice a bull, that's a big animal, that's a lot of blood. He's saying, you better make sure you're right, buddy. So he, he sacrificed this bull and um, he takes part of the blood of that bull. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, the blood had to be applied and also he would have to take like a portable sensor. Whether it was a skillet or something else with, with a chain on, I don't know. But he would have to take a portable sensor and burn incense on it. And he would have to take that into the Holy of Holies and set it on the ground, and it would fill that place with the incense. And then he could pray. And he was asking God to forgive the sin of the nation. But it it required blood and incense. Don't forget that pattern right there because it's the same pattern today. When we come in here in River of Life, I've always felt led as a pastor that we take communion and we reverence the blood. But then what do we do? Praise and worship and prayer. The incense. The same pattern that we're doing, and how many of you guys would ever say, Pastor Scott, I have felt the glory in River of Life? Because we reverence the blood and the, the incense of worship and prayer, and the glory comes. So the pattern is there. And so I read earlier in Leviticus, it's our responsibility to clean out our house. And there may be things, guys, is you, you would be surprised at how much stuff we accumulate, how much junk we accumulate down through the years that you forgot about, but it goes back you know 20, 30 years ago, and it's hidden in your attic somewhere, back some, in some box, and you would be surprised sometimes if you start going through stuff what you'll find be like, "Oh man, I didn't even know this was here. I, this doesn't need to be on my property." go through your home and begin a clean house you know i'll talk about this at passover but the where they go through and clean out the yeast remember that for passover they have a little feather and a little candle and they go with children and the wife you know will leave like some breadcrumbs on a windowsill or something you know and they'll scoop it up but it's a picture and type of going through your whole house meticulously so it's our responsibility to make sure that there's not some some green and red streak somewhere. We need to go through and begin to clean it out. And I'll never forget, what, you know, as, as we begin to clean up stuff, we found stuff we didn't even know about. I remember um, years later talking about this and then going through it, we found some Freemasonic ring that was passed down to my mother that she didn't even remember having because it was given to you probably when you were a lot younger maybe even before you were Christian but anyway it was just tucked away in the jewelry box I mean, knows you don't want anything Freemasonic in your home but anyway we, so you didn't even know it was there but the Holy Spirit knew and the Holy Spirit guided to that place see if you'll ask the Lord Lord make sure if there's something here that I find it and then you'll start looking God will find stuff he'll help you find it get that stuff out and if you'll begin to apply the blood and you'll begin to anoint And you'll begin to play some of these anointed worship services. You see, in these services, what happens? Pastors up here speaking a blessing over you. That blessing is being spoken into your home. Powerful worship and prayer and stuff. It will bring the glory into your home. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word tonight. We want our homes to be a place that's off limits to the enemy. And I'm going to make sure and send out a link that has the sermon notes and the cleansing land little Um, four or five pages we have that somebody if they want that it's free we'll make sure it goes with the sermon okay but lord we thank you for this word i pray that you would show us anything in our homes that need to go help us lord to be priest unto god like we need to be and we're going to go through and clean out the homes we're going to apply the blood fresh this year a fresh move of god in our lives we're going to apply the blood we're going to anoint and we're going to believe you lord to increase your glory in our homes in this coming year in jesus name we pray amen all right we're gonna pray for people i mean you guys got something out of that how many of you guys in this